Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Let's go! Hey, kids. Hey, Dad. War crimes will be prosecuted. I chose this profession, so therefore I, I earned beer. You want to go to the nat day? The feeling is definitely there. You don't know my name! It's a new morning in America. This is the old dude, Harry J. Reynolds. Step into my office. There's not going to be too many punks. Don't you stop worrying about the punks? Ah, you! That's my name! Yeah, let's go to the punk show. Introducing for your listening pleasure. Here it is. Here we go. Episode 66 of the High Fives podcast. Michael, episode 66. Nathan, it sure is 66. One letter short of the beast. One number short of the beast. Not a letter. Six is not a letter. <laughs> we'll probably never get to 666. No, you got an exit there. plan? You got an well, exit strategy? Well, I'd be willing to do it, but you might get sick of me by then. <laughs> You might By need then. like you might need a mic break. <laughs> <laughs> Not microphone. No, no. No. Moke. No. A moke, moke break. Sorry moke to clarify. <laughs> it's like a smoke break. I'm on a longer. moco. <laughs> I'm on a moco, so leave me alone. Yep. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> That's what we should just, start calling him. You're gonna start ghosting me. I'm gonna be like, hey, you wanna do that podcast this week? And you'll be like, uh, I'll get back to you and then never hear from you again. That's what ghosting is. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 66, it's the top five second tries. You like that? Second tries? Sophomore records? I, I went with sophomore, but then I had oh. to look up what sophomore was because so we, don't, did I. we don't have sophomore here. No. Like I hear it in TV and movies, but I'm like, so I Googled what a sophomore was and it works. <laughs> yeah, I Googled it too. Oh, look at us. We didn't bing it. <laughs> no, no. No, that that's above Bing. Yeah. Uh, what's what's a junior? Is that third year? Is that or is that your first? I assume that was your first. And then senior would be your la your yeah. your final yeah. year. Okay. So I mean, really, like, but no one ever says your junior record. I think they only ever s reference like albums with sophomore, and that's yeah. It. I think it's because it's a follow up, right? And the follow up's really tough. It's like it's tough. It's got a lot. Of, there's a lot of high expectation there, right? Yeah. Because you, there's so many bands that fall into the trap of rewriting it. Totally. Like rewriting the first album, or the, especially if it was a hit. Or they try too hard to go the other way. I was going to say, that's the other thing. You can go too hard the other way and it can, you can pull like a Pinkerton, which in right. retrospect, Pinkerton's awesome. But it needed 20 years to be awesome. Yeah. Like I remember it coming out and people being like, people like shitting on what? it. <laughs> yeah. What is this? I was one of those people. I, right. I didn't get it. I liked it. I liked it, but I was probably trying to be cool too. Part of it, so I just was I, like, "I like this. It's different." I think I would have liked it if it. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I think I would have liked it more. It, it would have had a better chance of me liking it had mm -hmm. it not been Weezer. You know what I mean? Like, had it been from another artist? Because I think you develop those expectations, and it's just it was too far off the path. Well, I think that's it. That's what the problem with the second release is. is there's those expectations are so high, and it can go so many different ways. And then there's those bands that like come out with the second release and it's like 
completely better than anything they did before. Like the second was like heads above the first, uh, the first release. Yeah. So, so it's an interesting topic. Did you, uh, did you stick to our genre or did you like, did you venture onto the path? Cause there's a lot, like when I started thinking about it, I'm like, there's a lot of really good sophomore albums, like from bands that we wouldn't normally talk about, like Metallica or, or like even to some extent, no, no doubt or like uh beastie boys things like that like i don't know if nirvana you yeah nirvana that's a good one too like yeah never mind's the second one right smashing pumpkins oh yeah see there's a i thought actually i remember looking and i was like oh nate might pick smashing pumpkins because i know you're a big pumpkin head i <laughs> don't don't ever call me that again um it's, i i did think about it because there 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 are quite a few um the, and there were quite a few that came to mind too, but no, I, I know that you like us to stay on brand and I know that you like us to stay on spear. You're very corporate that way. You're very like brand oriented. Yeah. Well, and so when I can, you know, and, and when I'm, when I'm not in the interest of just like making you squirm, I like to, I like to stay on brand. All right. All right. Just check. So I stood on brand. Excellent. But those are some good call-outs. Those are, those are some great call-outs. Yeah. And I, I'm sure if like you thought about for a second in like classic rock and place and like just general, there's probably like amazing albums. Like I can't, like I'm sure there's a ton of them. So anyway, what have you been listening to Nate? Well, that's a great transition, Mike. You're doing pretty good with the segues this year. I told you so that far. was, that was the deal. One, one episode ago, I talked about how I'd work on the segue. I know. I, I just, I have to see it to believe it. You know, I, I got I to gotta see how you walk, not just how you talk, Mike. Well, I cruise in on a Segway. Yeah, I see it. I see yeah. it. You've got a strut to your walk right now. Yeah. Um, it's classic. <laughs> uh, something I've been listening to that we were just talking about, or a band that we were just talking about, is the new Weezer album, OK Human. I really like it. I didn't think I would at all. I know, right? And I'm, as we, as we know, I'm the Weezer apologist for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super stoked on this record. Um, 14th studio album, which is pretty crazy to think that they've done 14 studio records up to now. And like, this is something completely different, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a 38 piece orchestra um, that's on this record. Um, they began making it in 2017. I don't know if you knew that, Mike. I did not. I assumed this was like a full on like pandemic. We got nothing else going on. And Rivers was like, let's try this. I think that's why they finished it right now, but they started it in 2017 and then um, it got sidetracked because they were supposed to go on some big tour and they felt like this wasn't the release to support that tour. Mm -hmm. So they started recording a different album and then with the pandemic, they came back to this. But I don't know. I think it's really cool. There's like nods to pet sounds in here, you know, obviously with that orchestra that's like backing this band or fronting this band whichever way you look at it um i think it's i think it's really cool that they've done something completely different after 14 albums and um i actually went out and bought there was like some limited edition splatter vinyl and oh. i'm not typically one of those guys gotta get the like, splatter hey well there's been like a couple records recently that i wished i would have gotten and I figured this is going to be one of those. And I love it because like, it's kind of that time capsule of COVID too, right? Because I know what you're saying. Like, it feels like it's that kind of album because of the lyrics. So much of the lyrics are like pointing towards COVID and isolation and, mm -hmm. you know, staying inside. And I'm sure like a lot of the lyrics were probably written in the last year, but I think that that musical writing started a while ago. 
And surprisingly, it's actually getting good reviews, which I don't think Weezer's gotten in a long time. Well, it's got a two thumbs up over here. Two thumbs. Two. And two thumbs That's is four, four thumbs. That's yeah. a four. That's a pretty That's a big. four. It is big. Uh, the next one on my list is windowsill, uh, showboating. Oh, great. You listen to that one. I did. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's Ramones esque, easy listening, solid melodies, pop punk, very screeching weasel sounding. Um, I really dig it. It's, it's, it's a fun record. Um, good times had by all for sure. Uh, the new horror section, my bloody Valentine oh, EP. It's, it's good. I, I saw it yeah. came out the other day and I like, I did like a super quick sample. I like those. I always like those guys. I feel like I don't listen to them enough, but I always like, like them. Like, yeah, I like them too. And if you like that band and mm-hmm. the releases they've put out before, you will like this EP. Um, I feel like the production is really good, uh, catchy songs. And I, I don't know if all of their albums are like this, but this EP specifically is based on the 1981 box office flop my bloody valentine turned cult favorite hmm. are all do you know if, if all their albums are like that focused i don't know I, there's definitely have an omen one okay and they i believe they have a twilight like uh twilight zone the i can't remember what the, what it's called right now but the twilight zone where like the the gremlins on the plane i think it's okay i think they have one album like a split where the, the two songs are based on that I think a lot of times, like when you've got like a concept band, um, it doesn't like, like the most appealing thing is, is that concept or is that like kitschy kind of, um, you know, uh, just that connection to whatever they're they're singing about. Um, but this band, I think like they write really good songs and, um, like really good melodies and it, it surpasses just the, the kind of cheesier kitschiness of, of the, the concept. Yeah. They're not like, they're not just gimmicky. They're like, exactly. Yeah. Gimmicky. That was the word I was looking for. Nice pull, Mike. Nice pull. Real good pull. Hey, 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 good hey. pull. Thanks. Good sir. pull. Um, the last one, uh, is, uh, JT, um, by Steve Earl. Um, a little, little off brand. That's I can, all right. I can, the, I can the, go what, to the whole what, show. No, the what you're listening for is great for that. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if you've listened to this or heard about this, um, but uh, you know, Justin Towns Earl died in August of 2020. Steve Earl's son. Um, I was, I was a bit of a Justin Towns Earl fan. Um, just like really, really great songwriter. Um, and this is uh, Steve Earl doing covers of his son's songs. So, you know, knowing that and, and listening to the songs, it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty heavy album. Mm -hmm. Um, and he does a really nice job of, of all those songs. Um, really, really, really good album. Uh, and if you're interested in picking it up, um, I think the vinyls are on pre-order right now, but the digital's out. The money goes to his wife and daughter that, uh, that he left behind. Also a good cause. Also a good cause. So there you go, Mike, you're all caught up. I'm caught up. That's what I've been listening to. And you? What have I been listening to? Uh, Why don't you tell me? Okay. The first is a, a compilation put out by Drunk Dial Records called Fakes. And that's artists covering fake bands from TV and movies, which I think is a neat idea. Neat idea. Yeah. I actually recognize more songs than I thought I would on <laughs> this. Uh, I think it's a good idea. And it, all the proceeds are going to charity. I think they basically were like, put a call to bands that they put they've dealt with and just said, Hey, if you record something at home, let's get it out. 
Let's put yeah. it on. Let's put it on Bandcamp and get it out to charity. The artwork's pretty cool, and uh, some good ones on there. Like I really liked the Hound of Love covering Billy Passa Third Grave from Billy Madison. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Thorazines. Do you have any more gum? More gum? More gum? More gum? <laughs> and I don't know if Billy Madison is just like of a time for our era, but I still watch it all the time and I can't help but laugh. Like I know Adam Sandler is a goofball and it's like so yeah. cheesy, but I still laugh at Billy Madison. At least the first three of his movies I still laugh at. I don't know if it would, if it would hold up for me. I, I feel like it wouldn't. Um, but did you see that happy Gilmore thing that was, that was on the other day on sports illustrated, I think were the first to share it. You know what? So many people sent it to me and I kept meaning to click it and I forgot. And you never did. I totally forgot till you just said <laughs> no. And I'm like, no, I'm, when we're done, I'll have to look at it for sure. Cause you guys even referenced it in our group chat, I think too, right? Somebody sent yeah, out it was the shooter this, McGavin it was thing, this right? Back and forth between. So like Adam Sandler is the 25th anniversary of happy Gilmore and he's out on the golf range and He's like, I'm going to give this a shot. I haven't done this in 25 years and does like the running like <laughs> golf swing and just crushes it and then calls out shooter and then shooter responds. And I don't know, it was, it was kind of fun. It's, I think like, again, like one of these pandemic things where like celebrities have a little bit more time so on their hands to like <laughs> engage in things like this. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's maybe yeah. one of the better things about this. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, Rest Easy, which is a band from Vancouver featuring members of Daggermouth, Shook Ones, and Swearjar. So if you like that kind of stuff, they just put out an EP called Sick Day. I really like it. It's just like straight ahead punk rock stuff, but anthematic, melodic, hardcore. I'm into it. Cool. Uh, I honestly didn't know that some of those bands were from Vancouver. So that's kind of a weird thing. Your favorite city. That's my favorite city. It's got a lot of good music and a lot of crumb. <laughs> uh, a lot of crumb. Just crumb. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to start using that. It's a lot of crumb. I, I've started like calling out like on video games. Like we were playing Mario Kart the other day mm -hmm. and like the computer just like was just being horrible instead of calling it like a motherfucker or something like that. I just, I just said, you're a coward. <laughs> you are a straight up coward. And like, is there anything worse? Well, yo it's, like, it's a cutting word. <laughs> Yoshi's pretty upset about you calling him a coward. It's all over the net. But I don't think he cared, but like, you know what I mean? Like crumb is right up. Like that's, yeah, it's, crumb's, it's a great, a crumb's a great one. It's, it's offensive. It is. You know, like it, it's cutting. <laughs> Christian Lee Huston. He did like, uh, I don't Do you listen to Christian Lee Huston? No. It's like a folk singer, like alt, um, he put out an album called Beginners last year, which was really good. Uh, and he's just put out a covers EP, which he covered like three songs, one ABBA song, a Vanessa Carlton song, but I don't know who that is. I think she was a pop singer. Is it Dancing Queen? Uh, I think it is Dancing Queen. Yeah. I mean, is there another ABBA song? Don't get me started. I love ABBA. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, and he covered Taylor Swift and he does an awesome cover of Betty. So... Uh, I know he has another version of it that has got a Blink and a Sum 41 cover, but I think those were like a record day thing and it was like for benefits. So they didn't, he didn't release them again. So you can't find them. Like just stripped down versions of them. Yeah. He's just, yeah. it's pretty good stuff. Um, and then the last thing is I read a book about the misfits called the music leaves stains. So I went down a dark path of misfits and all misfit things related. So like checking out the bands that like, guys that quit the misfits or were fired for the misfits were in uh whatever danzig solo stuff was even 
the like Christian power metal band that Doyle and his brother started after leaving the Misfits, <laughs> which is hilarious and horrible. <laughs> what was it called? Christ the Conqueror, but Christ with wow. a K R Y S T. Wow. Yeah. So they went, uh, they went from Misfits to Christ the Conqueror and then back to the Misfits. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I found out some cool stuff. Uh, like some of the stuff on plan nine that I'd never heard before. One of the bands that has nothing to do with Danzig was I'm on a hunt to find that record now. And I found out Danzig wrote a song with Roy Orbison, which is pretty cool. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like when you said that, I'm like, there's no way that that happened. Like, where do they even meet through Rick Rubin? <laughs> oh, all right then. <laughs> but that still- seems like the guy that's putting people like that together. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it was an interesting book. I mean, the the book was a little bit fanboyish, so I don't know how much of it's accurate, but it was cool. It was basically like a giant Wikipedia thing and got me down a dark path of misfit stuff that I never knew about. So, and who then, got the song? Like, so they wrote, wrote a song wrote together. Song. Really? Yeah. What's the song? Oh shit! You put me on the spot, Nate. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember it off the top. All right. But All right. It wasn't one of the hits. No, they, it was actually considered a hit of his. And then he, he, huh. par- he passed away right after it. Uh, it's for a soundtrack. And I can't think of the name of the movie right now, but Danzig also has a song on there that I'd never heard before of his pre-Danzig. So it's like th- that takes place in between Sam Hain and Danzig forming. It's, so it's pretty crazy. I also watched a three-hour interview with Danzig done by Thrasher Magazine, which is ridiculous and amazing if you ever want to go down that dark hole. <laughs> I'll take a pass. He's an interesting dude. He's horrible. <laughs> I'm sure. He's horrible and awesome and a loser, but still compelling. <laughs> I don't know. And at one point, his mom in the interview is like, are you guys done down there? Meaning he was still living at home. Amazing. Well, he was just starting Danzig, I think. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. They, I also figured out they made no money, which is crazy. <laughs> Maybe that's the moment that he wrote Mother. Do you <laughs> think? Maybe. That was it. It's based on that moment from that interview with Thrasher magazine. Yeah. But that's, that's what I've been listening to. So, well, that's, that's a lot, Mike. And if anybody has a, a copy of the victim single, which is put out on plan nine records, let me know. Anybody, anybody, should we do the list now? Yeah, let's, I'm, I'm super stoked to hear what your list is. So super stoked. It might be my best list yet, Mike. Well, you said that. And then I was pretty nervous about my list. And then I was like, I hope I didn't get anything that he had. I mean, I say this from time to time, but this is, this has great potential for overlap. Yeah. So I think I only picked, well, no, there's a couple obvious choices, but they didn't seem that obvious until after I chose them. (laughs) Does that make sense to you? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. I have some, I have some lower hanging fruit here too, because they're lower hanging fruit for a reason, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think we should clarify, it doesn't have to be like the best album by the band. I think the 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 category is quite broad in the sense that like, you know, this this was just a standout album by the band. Their their sophomore record was standout for some reason or another. I would agree, Nate. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, no. Cuz you could go with like pleasure. best one and that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And I mean, who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say who's the best or what's the best? I'm the best. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was said with such conviction. Uh, Why don't I start us off, Mike? This is, this is not low hanging fruit. This might be even a surprise to you. I'm, I'm interested to see your reaction. So I'm going to watch as I deliver you my first choice. 
Um, my first choice is an album that still actually stands up for me. Um, it's from 1999, and the album is Stay Asleep by a New Jersey band called Big Wig. Oh, I would not have thought of that. I like Big Wig. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I know you were a bigger fan of Big Wig. Like even when we were younger, you you always seemed to gravitate to him pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like this album was such a big step from Unmerry Melodies. Oh, huge. Unmerry Melodies is kind of goofy, goofy, like and lower recording quality and like Yeah. It was it sounded like a lot of the demo tapes from like back in the day kind of a thing. I think the songs were were good, but like, you know, they weren't as together as I think they, they were on stay asleep or are on stay asleep. Um, I mean, Unmerry Melodies arguably has some of the best cover art ever. I mean, that's why they got sued. I don't know if they got sued, but they, they cease had and, a, cease and very, desist. <laughs> a very strongly worded cease and desist order. Um, do you have that CD? The, the one before it got changed? No, I don't. I know you think you do. I think I do. Yeah. I think they actually gave us it when we were going to, when we put out that first comp and they were on there. It's got to be worth money, right? Probably not. Like a a rookie card. You sound like the, did you ever, were you at the show when we saw them and the guy, the drummer was trying to sell us bootleg videos in his van and then he tried to sell me a used toothbrush? (laughs) I was at that show. Yeah. I was like, a used toothbrush. (laughs) The craziest thing was you bought it. Yeah. Well. Um, but yeah, this, this record just like was a more kind of like together record, um, better production, obviously a couple of new band members, I think too, on this record. I think this band is one of those bands that have been through a lot of different band members. Like, is it just the singer and he just kind of rotates? I think, I think it's just him left. yeah. Yeah. Um, but like super energetic band, like both live and like it came through on the record, I think too. Um, and like lots of diversity on this album too. Like it wasn't just like, you know, kind of a, a straight ahead front to back. It's, it's musically and lyrically both like diverse. Um, so the song I chose is, uh, is the album starter track one still, it's got some tasty licks on it, Mike. Tasty. Tasty. Nice and thick. Delicious even. Yeah. So that's my, uh, that's number one. Nice. Okay, my number one is the copyrights and the album Mutiny Pop. Excellent choice. So there's a like a handful of bands you could probably contribute this the mutating of pop punk in the 2000s to something that's away from the classic Ramones core. And I would say like the copyrights are up there with that, like making that newer sound popular, like still sticking in Ramones core pop punk, but like adding like oomph to it, less like. Um, poppy radio and more like something you'd hear now like like bands like dear landlord and like uh banner pilot and stuff i feel like copyrights are at the forefront of that and i might be wrong like the, cr- the crossover like yeah. like putting the van and the station wagon together yeah exactly right yeah the minivan they're the minivan just like that <laughs> anyway uh mutiny pop i think is just it's pretty flawless front to back like I, I enjoy most copyrights albums and they have and they do have a lot of like seven inches and a lot of like splits probably more than most bands and they're and like obvious and they're in a bunch of other bands that are part of the sound but i just feel like they were like one of the bands that took it to a new level on this album and i think the name mutiny pop is i like the cover art and all that stuff so anyway i went with the song the ceiling's the limit because i like it it's also it a tasty, limit it's also tasty <laughs> how tasty is it mike not as tasty as yours but it's tasty all right all right, all right. 
Still, big wig and the copyrights, the ceiling's the limit.
right, Mike. Let's roll the dice. Let's let's spin the chamber. Let's, let's see if we cross over on this one. Shall we? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm super ready. Are you ready? Mind Freak. This album came to us in 2007. Okay. It was their first release on the Fat Records record label. Mm-hmm. Their Fat Record debut, if you will, Michael. Okay. I believe they were just 17. I could be wrong, but they were young, young men. They hail from Ontario, Canada. Oh. Band is the Flatliners. Nice, nice. I almost picked this album. But you didn't? I didn't. Because <laughs> you knew I would, or just because it didn't it didn't quite go the distance for you? It just me. It just got it was a late cut. So I'm late glad cut. I'm glad I cut it. The Great Awake is the album. Um I just, I think this is my favorite album by the Flatliners. They've got some yeah. great stuff. And I, I even, I, I even love the new one, which I think, you know, maybe turns some people away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's different for sure, but I really like it. Um, but this one I think is the one, this is the one that, that stands apart. Yeah, I see that. I think um, I like the first album, but I'm only going to say it because Angry Agency shoved them down my throat so much mm. when we were dealing with them so much. And they were just like, these guys are the best. They're going to be so big. And that first album was like, just a little bit more, like there was a little bit more ska element to it. Yeah. But they, they definitely dropped the, the ska on this. I think they have one song that kind of has like that ska vibe to it left on this record. So it took me a bit to get into it. Looking back, it's a better album, like infinitely better, <laughs> but Right. I mean, that first album is a great first album for young kids. I yeah, mean, they would have sure. been like 16 years old when that album was recorded. And then this one is a huge jump, I think. And only like a year, maybe two years later. Yeah, it's, it'd be around that. Yeah. I like the one. I think I might even like, is it Cal, Cavalcade? Cal, I don't Cavalcade? Know, Cavalcade. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I like that one maybe a little bit more. And I think after I liked that one, I went back and I was like, oh, this is a great album. Yeah. It is a great album. And the song I chose is kind of, I don't know, to me, it's like their, it's like their, I don't want to say like their radio hit or like their, (laughs) their, their top 100, but like it's, it's their, it's the song you go to see them in concert for, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, eulogy is the song. Um, it's just, it's one of those songs that like kicks you in the feels every single time, but it also has like this anthemic kind of like almost uplifting vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like one of those songs that like everyone joins in, you know, like when you see them in a show, um, I think, cause it's just one of those super relatable songs that anybody can, you know, put their own story to of, you know, the love of somebody who's, who's died. Mm -hmm. So that is choice two. Solid choice, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. So here's one of the ones that I think you might have an overlap with me. So Uh-oh. I'm going to beat you to it if it's, so you better have an audible ready. I, I don't, I'm, I have no audibles and <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to be playing the exact same thing. <laughs> it's an album and uh shocker. Yeah. It's, it's not, a shock. It's not their best album, but it's an okay. album that I love and the band okay. is rancid. I didn't pick Rancid, but nice choice, Mike. The album is Let's Go. Yes. And like it, that album means a lot to me just because it's probably one of the albums that got me into liking punk. And I know we've discussed it before, but it's kind of like my leap from liking metal 
and rock and alternative and grunge to liking yep. punk per se more so. And like, I just still remember getting it as a gift and like, despite the cheesy photo on the back, which we've discussed before, uh, I just really liked them a lot. Um, still can listen to it front to back. Uh, I get really jazzed when I hear it. Um, yeah. So decided to go with that. And I, and I'll admit like I hadn't heard the self-titled before this, but going back the self-titled is not even close to let's go. In my opinion. I don't know. No. Like I know Lars isn't even on the first, on Rancid, right? Like the, no. let's go is the first one with Lars, right? Yeah. I think that makes I think a they were just a three piece on, on Rancid. But rancid, rancid. Yeah. yeah. The first rancid, rancid. Because <laughs> yeah. I think they have another rancid. It's just rancid. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting. Lazy. Cool. It's yeah. lazy. <laughs> uh, anyway, I went with the song Solidarity. Nice. Because uh, it came on the shuffle the other day when I was driving. And nice. Kind of reminded me about seeing them live and stuff like that. So it's funny. I have no recollection of this, but like I recently had a conversation with um, some old friends, like from that time when that album would have like come out or when we would have all like been interested in it or, or it would have caught our ears. And I was making fun of them. I was like, Oh look, it's the rancid boys. And I'm like, I, I have no re- recollection. Justin of this tells me this all the time. He's like, <laughs> Nate hated rancid. He used to make fun of me for liking rancid. He I think said, I just, I think I just hadn't heard of them at all. That's a total and, Nate move. So it's totally believable. <laughs> <laughs> you digging your heels into something that you just cause. Yeah. Just cause, just because it was, I don't know. Um, but I have no recollection of it whatsoever, which is odd. That's okay. Justin, I remember once we were doing an interview for corrupt and Justin, it was basically just an interview with Justin. And he was just like, yeah, when Let's Go came out and I heard it on the radio, I was like, you heard it on the radio? Like I had no like inkling that this was even radio stuff in Calgary right. when, when I was a kid. So, Well, Salvation was like, I think that was the first song I heard and like saw it on Much Music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was kind of that open door. And it was just that, that was that moment, I think for me too. Mm-hmm. Where even though I was making fun of everybody for listening to it, when I finally <laughs> then you got listened a to tattoo. it, tattoo <laughs> <laughs> right across my throat. Yeah, but yeah, this was like one of the first three or four CDs I think that I had bought. Like this, this album holds a lot of space for me too. So I'm glad you chose it, Mike. I'm also glad you did not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look at us. Way to go. Yeah. The Flatliners eulogy and rancid solidarity. Oh, 
Tried to beat yeah, you at your you own game. Nervous. Tried to beat you, you at your own game, and you won't. You right. won't do it, Mike. All right, it's all not right. going to happen. I will beat you every time. You're a pro. I am. Yeah. I'm glad you finally see it after after 66 of these, and not 66 hours, because you know it's like an hour and a half each time. So do that math, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> do that. That's 99. 
That's potentially sad. 99 hours. I'm no mathematician. No, I, that's one thing I know and about you. I'm no podcaster. I'm no anything. I'm an amateur. At best, I'm bang, bang, bar. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those, quote, obvious choices that wasn't obvious to me until after I picked it. When I picked it, I was like, oh, that's a great choice, Nate. I think I may have even patted myself on the back. And then I went, well, maybe it's a little obvious. But no more obvious than Rancid Let's Go. So let's get into it, Mike. Yeah. My number three choice. I can't wait. This is just ultimately like one of the classic punk rock albums. It's through being cool, saves the day. 1999 it came out. And I, I don't know what else, like, what would you say? Top 10? Top 10 of all time punk rock albums? Is it in there? Yeah, it'd be up there for me. I don't know about top 10 punk rock albums, but definitely of like, of that era, it'd be up there for sure. Right. I, I was actually looking because I almost picked it and I didn't. You didn't. But I didn't pick it because I was like, man, I used through being cool on this, in this podcast a lot. <laughs> Like, I, I only, I searched it. You haven't. I have used it a lot. <laughs> I searched it. I only came across it once. Really? Yeah. Maybe you've thought of using it or maybe you no, just I haven't populated mind. the website very well. Yeah, the only that. one I saw was the song I wanted to pick. Uh, tonic Rocks. Rocks Tonic. Juice Magic. Juice that's Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I think that's my favorite song on there. Oh, it's so uh, good. Just like the lyrics are so brutally detailed in like such a but so corny but like it's still good like it still holds mm -hmm. holds up oh i love that album i listen to it all the time i i really like saves the day though even Me the too. stuff they kind of have a weezer thing going too where they have like albums after and you're like yeah they're okay they're not they're never as good as as their first three yeah and then i'll listen to them and i'm like yeah, but there's still good songs in here. I just don't know if I'd necessarily necessarily go to those albums, but there's still good songs on there. Daybreak was one of the later ones that is awesome front to back. Like it was one of those standouts that came later. Mm -hmm. And because I don't think they had a front to back after. Um, What's the one with the orange circle on it? Oh, the the grapefruit. Is it a grapefruit? Yeah, I can't remember. I, I like that was, one. I like that one front to back. Yeah. But that was like maybe their last one that they did. Yeah. Last or second last. Yeah. Fairly recent. Great band. It, it's a flawless album front to back. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I mean, it's, I think this was kind of like the first album that I found to be like hugely personal and emotive and like super, like just like really immersive um, at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, lyrically it's super well written and yeah like i know what you mean with like a bit of the corniness of it all but like there's something to be said about like just laying it all out there right in a way that's like who cares what anybody says i'm the last person that would complain about that I like half the music i listen to has like that <laughs> like yes like i love stuff like that so i don't care i think it's it's interesting but i always think, i always like we, i mean we've discussed it before it's kind of funny i'm like how do you as like a 40 like five-year-old guy sing that yeah. song <laughs> yeah but still whatever i like it good pick it's just a good quality record mike um you really could have picked any song off this um but i went with shoulder to the wheel also a great song yeah all right nate well i'm gonna stick in that genre and i believe friends of the band i'm gonna go with the promise ring 
Ah, uh, nice. And the album, Nothing Feels Good. So, like, this is the album I think of when I think of The Promise Ring. Um, like, down to the artwork. It just, like, sums up that era of that time. Like, I and I had never really heard their first album, like, until way later. Like, I always thought that this was the first album. So, you can take away my emo scene points, I guess. Um, <laughs> Minus 10 emo scene points. Yeah. But it's it's just like this is this like through being cool like the Get Up Kids albums stuff. These are the ones I think of when I think of like that second wave of '90s emo. And uh, is your credit card linked to your emo scene points? No, but my credit it's score not. is. It is <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have real problems getting a mortgage after this podcast comes out. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just love this album so much. Um, it's really hard to pick any song off there. So kind of like you were saying with, with through being cool, this like, it's just front to back a great album and it's the same thing. It's like, it holds so much nostalgia for me. So, uh, I went with, why do we ever meet? I don't think I fully got into promise ring. Um, maybe this is, this is the album I need to check out. I think I, like, I just didn't check them out at the time and then never really have come, come around, um, to, to delve into them. I think anything from this genre might be hard to go back to if you a aren't a huge fan of that kind of stuff or b weren't into it within a certain part because like bands built off these albums right and then like, yeah so it might sound not as good to some people like you, they were more of a band's band do you think promise ring yeah no i think they're like at the same level as like saves the day and get up kids like they're just like heads above everyone else and jimmy world and stuff like that like they were just mm. in, in that whole sphere of things but i just if you didn't if you missed on them it's like hard to go back it's like saying it's like saying if you go to like the fat records catalog and you're like you should really listen to i don't know, like maybe even say no use for a name like does justified black eye hit the same way to you or soulmate as it would to somebody else like 20 years later that never listened right. to it they're right. like, oh, yeah, it sounds like all those Fat Records bands. But at the right. time, you were like, oh, that's really cool and really... So that could be the same thing with a lot of these bands. It's long-winded. No one really cares. <laughs> but how many scene points did you lose? I just gained some. You gained some? You got some back? Yeah. You're it not part of this like game. You're not part of this game? You don't feel that? It's like energy. No, no I'm not part of it. Where do I sign it's, up? It's in my... Uh, I don't know. You just, you just got to know. It's part of the scene point. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get your first five is knowing yeah. where to where to acquire know. them if you don't know now you're never gonna know you don't know you yeah. don't know yeah all right all right um saves the day shoulder to the wheel and the promise ring why did we ever meet
each other so far michael you've stayed in your lane i've stayed in mine yeah you're not uh you're not gonna call me a crumb you thinking of doing a california lane change here <laughs> i don't know what that yeah. is it's like when you cross like four or five lanes all at uh, once oh because yeah. you gotta get you gotta get across the freeway to your exit and it's very important that you get there and you don't miss it all right i feel like when you miss an exit in California, like, oh, I think you're fucked. <laughs> you're you might as well take the next couple of days off just to get back. <laughs> it's kind of like on when you take. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on to the next one. I just, just want to hear your pick. I don't care about your driving tips. Gonna get on with You've it. You've played Mike. way too much Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the character matters in Mario Kart? Do you think hundred percent? It does. Does it really? Like I can't, I could only play with like Toad, I think, and, and oh, one other one. I hate Toad. Yes, we've gone so through so much. And like the turtle guy, uh, Koopa, Koopa, Koopa Troopa. Troopa. Yeah, I can't. If you go, if I try to use one of the faster ones, I'm falling off the the rainbow road. But what are you talking about? Are you talking about like the Switch, the one on Switch? Or are you talking, I'm talking about, about all? I'm talking. N64. I'm going. I'm going all the way back to SNES. Wow, all the way. Up through the thing i can't uh, there's so many of the characters i can't use i really liked using bowser as a kid but only because i just bullied my way to the front right right all but right he's not he's not good enough in the newer one number four that's enough it's enough car talk we'll, mike we'll save that for our car podcast <laughs> <laughs> which has even less listeners 
Yes. It's hard to believe. Number four, maybe this is on your list. I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, it also comes from 1999. I had a lot of 99 picks. 99. So that was a banner year, Mike. Was it? <laughs> is it because you were in Australia? It's poking you a little. <laughs> I know. Seeing what's going to happen. This is a band that began and died on Honest Don's records. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think about Honest Don's, isn't it? Yeah, what was it? The Honest Don was just a subsidiary of Fat? Is yeah, it was like Fat was getting too big and like they didn't want to, I think like there were some bands that just didn't fit on the Fat roster, but that they liked or that Mike liked, right? So he wanted yeah. to still have, he wanted to still put that music out. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Fat was very specific at that time, right? Like all well, those bands had a very, they were all a, connected. This drum beat that went with all those bands. Sure, sure. <laughs> this band... Uh, this is their sophomore release called Guitarded. Um, uh, the band is Limp. Nice. What happened to this band? They just like went away one day and never came back. Yeah, I feel like, and I asked this in the chat once, I feel like there's like a, there was a pretty good uh, album that came out of some of the guys from Limp and I could never figure oh, it out. really? Like, yeah. It's just like, I, I can't even think of where to look. And I feel like it was on side one dummy, but maybe not. And like, They're too small to like really get a good Wikipedia page. Yeah. Like there's nothing like, and I can't, I, I, and I feel like the guy from Sam, I am was in it too. Like, oh, really? I don't know. And it would have been out before ashtray. Like it was somewhere in between there. I, I don't even know if it ever made it out or if it was just like one of those things that was floating around in like punk message boards and stuff about a band hmm. that you should check out. But it's got like angelic in it or angels or something, but I can't remember anything about it. Oh, well, maybe somebody knows. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> this is arguably like the standout of the three records that they put out. Oh, um, for sure. For me. Yeah. Like, for me too. Like this is the only one I go back to and I do go back to it because it's just, it's the, like they had very much their own sound, you know, especially for that time. Yeah, like I feel like they were doing something a little bit different than like the average punk rock band. Like the totally. gu- the guitar tones were kind of different, I think. Is that what it is? Like it they almost that, had like a, they had like a slacker sound to it. It was that and the vocal tone too. Like he had almost like he had a range, but it was almost like the vocals had this monotone quality to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that contributed to their sound too. But it's odd because Ryan Green recorded like all their stuff. It doesn't sound like that. Right. Odd. Odd. They probably would have done better now. Like if it came out now where people in that listen to punk are a little bit more open to like exploring other things at that time. I feel like people were like, oh, you're a fat band. I I know what fat bands sound like. I know what Honest Dawn sounds like. I know this. And they're like, they didn't, they didn't venture out of that. They didn't venture off that path. Like fans too. Right. Like if you heard something, if you heard that one weird band on that, on the compilations, you're like, I don't want to listen to that band. Right. (laughs) Well, it was also a tough time to have the name limp in 1999. (laughs) Cause there was another band that had limp in their name. That was arguably a little bit bigger, a little bit more well known. (laughs) I'm referencing limp biscuit who I'm sure it's, it's, nothing but fun and sarcasm but they actually thank in the liner notes of this album it's like you know no effects no use for a name limp biscuit amazing that's probably because they got a couple hits on like i guess the internet wasn't even that big of a thing then it wasn't 
But maybe somebody picked him up at a record store thinking it was Limp Biscuit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is Limp Biscuit before they were called Limp Biscuit. It's like the best of the best of the Beatles. I think that's still one of the funniest things ever. The song I chose is Passed Out. Um, I think I just I like this this song stands out to me the most, I think, because it had like that walking, driving bass line that starts out the song and um and like the guitars were like not really ska but like almost kind of their nod to ska yeah like i think the first time i heard them actually was on ska sucks that compilation yeah Yeah. well there you go Mm -hmm. limp mike limp not limp biscuit no limp biscuit before they were limp biscuit okay so the next band is a band that I heard about on Twitter one time when someone tweeted, when this album comes out, everyone will be talking about the hotel year and their debut full length. It's the best emo revival album yet. (laughs) So, and that was their album Never Goes Out, which is their first album. Now, it's a great album, but I would argue that when they changed their name to the hotel year, one word. Yeah. And released Home Like No Place Is There, that that really is one of the best uh, emo revival albums there is. It's a out great there. choice. It was on my radar, Mike. Ooh, yeah. Close. So I thought it was like a huge, like I, I do like Never Goes Out, and it was really good when I heard it. Um, but I just think this one's just so much tighter. I think they grew lyrically and musically on this album. So, and uh, yeah, the song I went with was. The scope of all this rebuilding. It's a great poll, kid. Real good. Thanks, boss. Do you know why they changed their name? Was it a another band kind of situation? I think, there, I think there's another band called the Hotel Year or something like that. Right. That's unfortunate. Do, are they are they still going? Do you know anything? Do you have any more facts, Mike? Do you have any more facts that you can share? I feel like they're one of those. This, it's weird. There's so many of these bands that they, they never officially break up so you're just like oh they could be recording or you like read on the internet but like there's it's like a lot of dead space so you assume that they're done right but at any point they could come back it's dead air mike yeah it's dead air so you don't know so they're ghosting me just like i imagine you ghosting me in a little bit here so you don't know no i don't know the, the short of it is you don't know fine nathan okay i'll admit i don't know <laughs> limp passed out and the hotelier Uh, The scope of all this rebuilding. with 
I got 66 problems, but Mike is all of them. He's yes, all of them. Yeah. I am. I am. Uh, thank you for listening to us and reaching out to us. Um, thank you for anybody who's joined the chat. Sent us a message, a note, or even liked one of our Instagram posts. And Nathan, I've checked it out. Our Instagram is at High Fives Podcast. That's it. Look at you. You did it. You did it. <laughs> you can check us out online at highfives.ca. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a rating or something. Because No one ever does that. No. And it's it's hugely important. It, do you it's know why it's important? important? Yeah. I don't actually know why it's important. <laughs> actually, right here, I'm like, I wrote in my notes. Why? I don't know, but I think it's important. <laughs> it's like, I think it's like SEO on Google. Like really? if you don't, if you don't engage Google in the way it likes to be engaged, then it's going to ignore you, which I think is like what iTunes does. I'm positive. It probably is something like that. I like to pretend that I, we just crave the ratings. Like we're some sort of rating vampire. We need the ratings, Mike. Yeah. I can't survive without the ratings. I'm a ratings junkie, not a vampire. If you listen on Spotify, I don't think you need to rate anything. But, no. But if you listen on iTunes, please rate us. What do you listen on, Mike? A little bit of everything. <laughs> you just shuffle it up all, through all the streams? It just depends if I'm at work or I'm on my phone. Are you telling me you cross the streams, Mike? Yeah. My work wow. computer doesn't have iTunes. Wow. So I use Spotify at work. They told us never cross the streams. They didn't know what they were talking about. Egon <laughs> was full of shit. They didn't know? Unless it was Ray that said it. Mike, there's a documentary about it. It's called Ghostbusters. Oh. Yeah. It'll show you what happens when you cross the streams. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Ray, I was watching this Canada. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking this. Of, that's a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a bunch of the Can- Canadian Heritage Moments videos the other day. Excellent. He's in one, Dan Aykroyd, which kind of really? makes sense that he's Canadian, but it was funny that he's in one. And there's one random one with Pierce Bronson. Why is Pierce wow. Bronson in one? He's clearly not Canadian. He's not Canadian. It would have been, it's an older one too. So it would have been at the height of his James Bond career. Wow. <laughs> or Miss Doubtfire or something. I don't know. Just a weird, it was a weird pool. Anyway. Sorry. I know that Mrs. Doubtfire was the height of his career. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Uh, let's get to the next pick. The last pick, Mike. Yes. Not just the next one. It's the last one. I won't sneak a third one, uh, an extra song in this time. Okay. Yeah, let's never do that again. Yeah, sorry. And threw off everything. The feng shui just was completely bled out of that episode. Um, it was so positive. This, one, this one's pretty obvious, but as much as I like wanted to steer clear of it, I couldn't because it is like the quintessential second album. It is one of the greatest sophomore albums ever. And maybe it hasn't stood up for people, and that's fine. <laughs> that's to be expected. Yeah, that's fair. But I think, like, not only for the time, but, like, it had a long-lasting power. And not all of them can last till the end of time. Can I take Some a Some of guess? them will bleed out. I, I know you know this. No, I, 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 I would like to guess. <laughs> Do you want to pa- buy a vowel first? It's Papa Roach, isn't it? <laughs> Mike, I just, this is my last resort, okay. honestly. Okay. I don't want to cut your life into pieces. Don't. Okay. Suffocation, no breathing. <laughs> My real guess is propaganda how to clean. No. No? Uh, it, it wouldn't be how to clean everything. It okay. would be less talk, more rock. Oh, less talk, to more rock. That's what I meant. But uh, I did not pick that one. That one's mm-hmm. a great a great choice as well. But I feel like 
you play a lot of saves the day and I play a lot of propaganda. Yeah, I also play a lot of propaganda because I was looking, I was like, ooh. <laughs> so maybe I went for the second most obvious. It's the Gaslight Anthem, Mike. Oh, yes, yes. That is a great the, album. The and album is, is a 59 sound. Yeah. It's pretty flawless front to back. It's one of the, the tops. It's one of the all-timers. I just never get sick of it. I can keep coming back to this no problem. And I know we've talked about it before and we were talking about like bands just like going away without officially breaking up. And mm-hmm. I don't recall a time when the, ba- when the Gaslight Anthem officially broke up, but I think it was a while ago. And I read today that Brian Fallon said, um, he's just said all he had to say with the Gaslight Anthem. And it's a body of work that is now concluded. Huh. He's proud of what they did. And now it's time to move on. Interesting. Like it's, a, it's a Seinfeld move, man. <laughs> did you, uh, well, they didn't go out on top. Their last album was very good. <laughs> Seinfeld? No. <laughs> Seinfeld's last, last season's amazing. But they but, walked away was the point I was no, trying to make. Like they walked hurt, away. I was going to say, Get Hurt's not really that good. I, you know what? I feel like I need to go back. I need to listen to that one again. But we're not here to talk about Get Hurt, Mike. We're here okay. to talk about the 59 sound. The 59 sound's awesome. It is awesome. And I couldn't deny it. And so I didn't. Um, and I couldn't deny the title track either. I know the title track's like the most obvious choice on the on this album, but it is my favorite song. That's awesome. Did you ever read the, they did like a, I don't know what magazine it was in when they did like a oral history of this album? I did not. It's, it's pretty good. It's really interesting to listen to read. So when, on the anniversary of it and when they did those like, they did, I think they did two reunion shows for it kind of or like, yeah, uh, they did like an oral history of recording it and everything. It's a pretty, it's pretty interesting. I'll try to find it and send it to you. I bought the vinyl that came out. It was like I think the ten year anniversary or whatever, and it was, it had like the kind of the demo tracks on it, mm-hmm. um, which is you know whatever. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's kind of neat to hear where it was before you know a producer stepped in and said, "Hey, let's move this part here or that part there." But it also came with like an eighty page book that's like part of the record mm-hmm. like part of the packaging oh neat um and it's all you know from that time i mean this was a huge album for them right like they exploded off of this album and i, I don't think it's necessarily like a huge step up from sink or swim i think sink or swim's an awesome album too but i mean it was definitely the the album that was received by the public and and was the springboard for this band yeah so if i recall they talk a little bit about that like they were like we were gaining hype on sink or swim and then the ep that came out in between right. and then they this just like took them to whole new levels of like like just everything was different after that yeah cool well nate no crossovers oh <sighs> I no. thought that might have been the one. I had an audible pick even just in case, but no, no crossover. Um, so I'm going to bring a, play a band that we've played plenty of times before, one we've debated about many a time. Uh-oh. Do you have a guess? We've debated about them. Yeah. Debated because we don't feel the same way about them? Not necessarily. Debated, debated in what vein, Mike? It's just, just, there's been discussions about this band a plenty of times. Argued time. or debated? Debated. Yeah. <laughs> you said that very jolly like. Oh, I'm jolly. Yeah, I see that. I'm a jolly um, green giant. That's it. I'm neither green nor tall. <laughs> <laughs> but almost the same. <laughs> yes. Um there's not enough information there. Okay. Well, the band is strung out. The oh. album is <laughs> <laughs> it's so how do you, how did I not 
I know. That, that was, was going to be my opening line for this this whole podcast was, Mike, did you pick Strung Out? <laughs> I went with Suburb- Suburban Teenage Wasteland Blues because yeah. I love the album. Whether yeah. it's whether it's their best album or not is... is what uh, do you think, Mike? Is it their best? What is it, Mike? It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Wow. wow. Uh, everyone's got their own opinion. And it's been uh, beaten to death in the WhatsApp chat. I yeah. don't know why this is why this is such a hot topic in there, but it is. Anyway, uh, it really is like it's a lot better than their first album. Yep, uh, uh, like leaps and bounds. Yeah, like they. Yeah, and I loved it as a kid. I still listen to it. Uh, probably more for nostalgia reasons than anything, but uh, yeah, it's still a good record. Yeah, it still holds up for sure. I I love it, and uh, figured we'd go out on it. So the, the song I chose was Solitaire. I don't think we've played nice. that on here before. No, you've played Bring Out Your Dead yeah. for sure, and I think I played Firecracker. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know why those jump out at me like that, but they do. It's part of the hot button issue. Yeah. Well, we've discussed yeah. them so much, I don't even know what's what we've played or not played. <laughs> I honestly can't believe I didn't, I couldn't guess that. I had two audibles. Did you have, and you didn't have any audibles? No. No? Zero. I never bring an audible, Mike. If, if we cross over, so be it. That's, that's the high stakes game we're playing here. 59 sound, gaslight anthem, and? Uh, strung out, solitaire. Thanks for listening. Stay cool, stay safe, and be excellent to each other. We'll see you later.
you having fun? I am. Are oh, you? Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> it's the most fun I've ever I, had. What's on your phone? Is everything okay? Yeah, it's just my brother and my cousin keep texting me stupid stuff. Oh, <laughs> and brother, just, cousin. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's just lots of nude photos. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, cousin, nudies. Yeah. My favorite.